Hi, this is Jeff Steele. Today we are reading from the tail end of Genesis chapter 4, just the last couple of verses, starting in verse 25 through the end of chapter 5. This is what it says. Adam had sexual relations with his wife again, and she gave birth to another son. She named him Seth, for she said, God has granted me another son in place of Abel, whom Cain killed. When Seth grew up, he had a son and named him Enosh. At that time, people first began to worship the Lord by name. This is the written account of the descendants of Adam. When God created human beings, he made them to be like himself. He created them male and female, and he blessed them and called them human. When Adam was 130 years old, he became the father of a son who was just like him, in his very image. He named his son Seth. After the birth of Seth, Adam lived another 800 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Adam lived 930 years, and then he died. When Seth was 105 years old, he became the father of Enosh. After the birth of Enosh, Seth lived another 807 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Seth lived 912 years, and then he died. When Enosh was 90 years old, he became the father of Canaan. After the birth of Canaan, Enosh lived another 815 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Enosh lived 905 years, and then he died. When Canaan was 70 years old, he became the father of Mahalalel. After the birth of Mahalalel, Canaan lived another 840 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Canaan lived 910 years, and then he died. When Mahalalel was 65 years old, he became the father of Jared. After the birth of Jared, Mahalalel lived another 830 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Mahalalel lived 895 years, and then he died. When Jared was 162 years old, he became the father of Enoch. After the birth of Enoch, Jared lived another 800 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Jared lived 962 years, and then he died. When Enoch was 65 years old, he became the father of Methuselah. After the birth of Methuselah, Enoch lived in close fellowship with God for another 300 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Enoch lived 365 years, walking in close fellowship with God. Then one day he disappeared because God took him. When Methuselah was 187 years old, he became the father of Lamech. After the birth of Lamech, Methuselah lived another 782 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Methuselah lived 969 years, and then he died. When Lamech was 182 years old, he became the father of a son. Lamech named his son Noah, for he said, May he bring us relief from our work and the painful labor of farming this ground that the Lord has cursed. After the birth of Noah, Lamech lived another 595 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Lamech lived 777 years, and then he died. After Noah was 500 years old, he became the father of Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Well, there is so much that happens in a text like this one, and it leaves us, honestly, with so many more questions than we can answer. At first glance, uh, as you listen to that, it's just a list of names and ages, and so not really all that interesting, right? But then the author keeps giving us all these little details, and it starts to give us the picture that this is more than just a list of names. I mean, really, this is a family history. This is a section uh, that's telling us a brief story of how we got to where we are. For example, Adam's uh, grandson, Enosh, right? Uh, he, Adam's grandson, Enosh, somewhere in his life, people started worshiping God by name. What does that mean? 
I mean, what is the author trying to tell us? I have no idea. Like you can read opinions by modern scholars about what this cryptic phrase in this chapter means, but at best, we're just kind of making educated guesses. And at worst, we're wildly speculating. Well, get used to that feeling because there are a lot of places, especially early on here in Genesis, where we would love to stop and ask some follow-up questions. Like, what do you mean they called on the name of the Lord? Like, did they not call on him before? And if not, why not? Was it because they didn't need to because God was so near to them? Or did something change? What was it? We just don't know. What we have in the rest of the section and on to the start of the next chapter uh, is an account of Adam's family. And it's worth pointing out here that Genesis is structured by accounts like this. Um, this the Hebrew word is toledoth, and it means the generations of. So when, when we read, this is the account of Adam's family, this is the generations of Adam, um, the book of Genesis begins by telling us about creation. And as soon as creation is done, it launches into these accounts. Each section is marked by this Hebrew word, toledoth. The first time we see it is in chapter 2, verse 4. It says, uh, this is the account of the creation of the heavens and the earth. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth. And then immediately it goes on to talk about life in the garden and how mankind came to fall. And here we have our second account. It traces the family from Adam to Noah. And in the next chapter, this word is going to pop up again to tell us the account of Noah's family. This account, this Toledoth, seems to be an intentional structure that the author of Genesis uses to organize his story. It's going to pop up several more times before we're done. And if that's true, if that is an intentional structural uh, clue, then it might help us uh, answer one basic question that we have with a text like this one. Why include these lists of names? I mean, if you think about it, this is the ancient world we're talking about. Writing is a precious and costly endeavor. People didn't just blog any little thing they felt like writing about. There was great care that went into writing a document like this. And from our perspective, well, we probably have lots of other questions that we would much rather have answered, wouldn't we? Like, let's go back to that creation account. What exactly is this expanse between waters? I mean, how does that work? Are we talking about clouds or are we talking about something else? Or let's talk about Enoch. Why does God take him? What does it mean? Like, God just suddenly took him? Why did God do that? What kind of relationship did Enoch have with God? It sounds like it was really special. I mean, is there anything that we can learn from that? How did that work exactly? It seems like something we should spend a little bit more time with, doesn't it? But Genesis is not giving us those answers. So here's another question for us to consider. Why not? Why isn't Genesis answering those questions? Aren't those questions important? Wouldn't they help us get a fuller understanding of the text and of what's going on? Is it really more important for us to know that Methuselah lived to be 969 years old? And side note, why did people live so long back then? Why were lifespans so long before the flood? Side note to the side note, have you ever done the math on Methuselah? 
He was 969 years old when he died, which is also the year that his grandson Noah was 600, which turns out to be the year of the flood. So, like, did Methuselah die in the Great Flood? Well, the way we write histories and biographies today is very concerned about details like those, right? We want to know all the backstories. We want to know all the motivations, the highs and lows from the characters we study. It seems like we're skipping over so much time and such significant things otherwise. But if we lay aside our questions, we have to ask from this perspective, what questions is the author answering? If Genesis isn't answering my questions, what questions is it trying to answer? I think that this Toledoth gives us a clue. If my kids were to ask me, hey, who are we? How did we come to live here? How do I answer that question? You know, how would you answer that question? You might sound something like this to say, well, your, your fifth great-grandfather immigrated to this country uh, during a famine in Europe because he heard there was a chance for a better life in America. And, and he, he planted and grew from nothing and, and uh, raised a farm. And, and uh, you know, it was, it was in his son's time that the uh, Civil War gripped our country and, and his son left home to fight for the North and then he took work for a railroad and that took him out west. You know, that, that is an example of what the story might sound like. And, and the question is, what kind of a story am I telling you here? All right? I'm, what kind of answer is that? I'm telling you the story of who we are. I'm telling you the story of how we got here, the story of our family. What I'm saying is Toledoth. This is the account of your great, 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 great grandfather. This is the account of John Reynolds. Just full disclosure, I don't actually know my family's history. I know the the Reynolds family name goes back several generations on my mother's side. And I know there there was a son somewhere who fought for the Yankees, but I don't know much else. I wonder, do you know your family story? I think it's interesting that it's not really something we pass down so much anymore. Right? Like our modern generation, we we don't have as firm of a grasp of our connection to that story as we used to. And maybe that's why Genesis feels a little bit foreign to us. It's telling us our family history. It's going to tell us the stories that got us to where we are. And those just aren't stories that we're all that used to telling anymore. But I would bet that there is a whole lot to learn if we will listen. Let's pray together. God, I want to ask you to reveal to us our story, that we would listen and hear through the words of the pages of Scripture, that we would hear the story of the family that you created, the family that you made, and you, you led us uh, through so many things, and, and the people that we're going to read about, um, a lot of good stuff, a lot of bad stuff, but you're there through it all. Um, so God, uh, bring us comfort through that today. Help us to find comfort in our story and knowing that we come from you and knowing that, uh, you guided the whole, uh, the whole process. You guided our whole family becoming who we are today. We thank you for that kind of provision and, and looking after us in your name. 
Amen. Have a great day, everybody.